Oh, it was skateboarding. I mean, it, skateboarding took up probably a good, I want to say almost eight years of my life. Uh, we started when I was probably 13, 14 years old. Uh, all my two younger brothers, I got two younger brothers. We we all three got into it at the same time and just like stuck with it. It's just something that we fell in love with. So you start filming it, yeah, throwing it on yeah. YouTube. And my both uh, my middle brother was way better than me. Like he had people, you know, eyeballing him for sponsors and give, giving him free stuff. Like the local skate shop that we had, uh, they started like get cutting him deals and stuff like that. But he he got to a point where uh, in order to get sponsors from other companies. They, he needed to see some film content. from him. Yeah, they wanted to see content. So, like, they were like, well, it's cool that you're getting all, like, we can take this the word from this owner of the shop that you're good, but, like, we want to see what you can do. Um, and so I was just like, all right, well, I guess the only way we get to do this is buy a camera and try to figure this shit out. Like, if someone's going to do it, I guess I'll do it. I'll figure it out. So we, I convinced my parents to buy me a camera, and it was just this what was little, the camera? Oh, dude, it was just some old, like, Panasonic Mini DV, I mean, just old. Flip-back screen. Yeah, just little handy cam <laughs> thing, like, and it still had, like, little mini DV tapes and stuff like that with the film all in it. Dude, it was, yeah, it was old, but I, I loved it. I picked it up, started learning how to use it, and just couldn't put it down. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Liz, Mike, thank you for joining us here on the Fireside. Dude, thank you for having us. This is awesome. I really appreciate you guys taking the ride. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you guys having us. Earlier, you made a, you guys made a quick comment on, on how humble you guys both are, and you're genuine people, and, and those are my people, uh, not guys that just chase clout and you know look for fancy things on social media. I ran into Mike originally on the Lions Den, and we'll give Sean a little love, just a little, and I realized quickly what you guys were doing in the video space. I had just started doing the podcast. Evan was blowing up and learning himself. I seen that video of you having a motorcycle go out the window. And I was like, that is sick. <laughs> I'm like, these two are onto something really cool. And uh, we have just gently stayed in touch. You guys are extremely busy down in North Carolina and you're genuine people. You're good Americans, and we seem to have the same values, and you two are hustling, just like we are, to try to provide financial freedom for our family. Right. And I know you guys like to give back, and that's what the Fireside is all about, and I really appreciate you guys taking that ride to North Carolina. Was that six, seven-hour drive? About eight. Yeah, Eight-hour drive? <laughs> yeah. Who was driving? He was. He was driving? Yeah. yeah. If you were driving, what do we got here in seven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate you two coming on. Thank you so much. And give a little shout out to your business real quick. Yeah, man. Tell so, us about it fast. Uh, we own BKFX Studios. Uh, started it in 2021. And uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. We do everything from, you know, local businesses to corporate style stuff to just recently, we just did a few of our uh, nationally televised commercials as well. So we're kind of, it's been growing and we've been blessed. Yeah, we'll dive deeper into it and we'll start kind of from the beginning how this all started. Yeah. So thank you guys. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. So, Liz, you grew up in Ohio. Yes. Mike grew up in North Carolina. Yep. Where in North Carolina? 
Raleigh. Raleigh? Yep. And you were Springfield, Ohio? Yeah, roundabouts. So, like, how was that life growing up? Did you love it out in Ohio? I did love my life in Ohio. Were you a Buckeyes fan? Of course, I still am. You still am? Yeah. Did you love Ezekiel Elliott? I, I don't like I don't like the sports part of it, but I like being included in it. Yes. So I it's, don't know the answer to that. It's a whole feel. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I've realized out at in Indiana, I'm a Notre Dame fan, mm-hmm. obviously Irish guy. Spring Lake, they call it the Irish Riviera. That's only ten minutes from my house here in Point Pleasant. Um, there's no other college team I could like in football besides the Irish. Right. And when I went out there, we flew into Chicago, my wife and I, and we drove to Gary, Indiana, and all these small towns, and there ain't shit to do, but everybody was on the highway going to the game, and it was a feel. It was something that was like a thing that obviously everybody there in the state and somewhat close to the stadium would do, so I get what you're talking about. Yeah. Small town America, Mm -hmm. right? Yep, absolutely. That's awesome. Where'd you go to school? Um... Like high school? College. College. I went to Anderson University in Indiana, actually. Indiana? Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Did you love uh, Indiana? No. <laughs> <laughs> I call what it about the, Chicago? the black hole of the earth. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. When I drove through those towns, talking about going out to Notre Dame, like, they are desolate. Yeah. And I'm talking now six, seven years ago. Um, some of the factories have come back since, you know, the Trump era, and hopefully that comes back a little bit more. But those were manufacturing towns. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you just drive through Indiana, and there's just desolate towns. Yeah. I remember my wife and I were starving. We had come off the plane. We weren't staying in Chicago for the night. We were staying in Chicago on the way back out because we were catching the Cubs game. And we were hungry. We pulled over into this town, and it's like nothing but a McDonald's. And the McDonald's was like a Starbucks. Oh there was gosh. like a ton of people there. It was like the town hangout. I remember having, like, you know, obviously a terribly unhealthy breakfast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's that's Indiana, really. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. But Ohio is not like that. No, not at all. But small-town America, very vibrant still yeah. to this day. Mm-hmm. Mark Evans is a guy I look up to. He's a real estate guy, you know, pretty well-known on the real estate um, social media game now, uh, as well as business. He's, he's a business guy. He's out in Ohio. He goes there during the winter. He's got this massive estate. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, gosh. So, and Raleigh, obviously, a lot of people know Raleigh. It's a great place in North Carolina. North Carolina is also underrated. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting bigger. It's definitely getting bigger. It's uh, it's not a whole lot to do out there, but it's, uh, it's cool seeing all the industry, and especially over the last couple of years, it's been just, like, exploding. Mm-hmm. Everybody, people coming from up north, people coming from Florida, it's just been... I mean, what do you think it is? Like, you know, COVID pushed a lot of people out of the north? I think COVID had a lot to do with it, but I think um, I think also at the time it was price. I mean, it was pretty much a good medium for... It wasn't as expensive as Florida or up north, but it was just like a good medium spot and just had all that potential for growth. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, even towns like Wilmington is, is great areas. You have that great downtown you have all these golf-gated communities that are yep. beautiful down there. <clears throat> I don't know where you guys are. Are you still in Raleigh? We're in Chapel Hill, actually. It's mm-hmm. just right outside of it. Yeah, Probably that's close That's out. close to Wilmington, too, right? It's about two hours out, right? Is it yeah. two hours? Yeah. Because yeah. isn't there Chapel Hill, which is like an entity of North Carolina University? Yep. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah, I thought so. And then you get UNCW, which is the Wilmington yeah. part. Yeah, which yep. is right in Wilmington, or yep. right outside. Right. Yeah, North Carolina is beautiful. It is. I think if anything equates to Jersey beaches, again, I'm biased. I've been around the world. Uh, You know, I've been to a lot of different beaches. I've been to a lot of different beaches in the U.S. racing boats. And uh, it always brings me back to Jersey beaches and the Jersey feel 
Um, <clears throat> North Carolina has a very similar feel down there. They do. It's uh, it's pretty cool. They, like the fact that you can drive like two hours, you know, go to a beach or two hours and go to the mountains. Like we kind of have a mixture of just anything that you kind of want. Um, but it's the beaches are they're pretty good. I think it's not like you get some of this a little bit of emerald green, but it's just it's. I think uh, it's just cool to have all that stuff pretty pretty close pretty to, close. to yeah. home. Something to do. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I got to pick on you a little bit, Mike. Growing okay. up, you, you, you gave me some insight early that you were homeschooled. <laughs> I was. I, I want to talk about that a little bit because I think that that's all coming full circle. You know, nowadays you have all the craziness that's going on in the school districts, especially during COVID. Right. And they're giving books on how you give oral sex and all types of crazy things that, you know, my wife nor I believe in at all. My kids will not be involved with that. Right. Talk about growing up, you know, the pros and cons of being, you know, homeschooled? I think, I think it's probably, my mind stayed like a blank slate, you know, growing up, like we, I, all I did was skateboard, you know, to be honest with you, like we got, it was one of the first things that we really got into and started doing for a long time. So like our life being homeschooled, like we just, we would be like, look, mom, you know, as soon as we, we're going to go to the skate park, we're going to go have fun. And then we'll, We'll do our our homework when we get home. So do like, some math. We were we were homeschooled, but we were like barely just home. Like that's the, <laughs> the schooled part was like not there. But that's the that's the, the I, in my opinion that's the that's the best thing about it because you learn about the world versus yeah. what they want you to learn in their curriculum that's forced on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, his your da- his dad's also a business owner, small business owner. Yep. So he was exposed to that more. Yeah, and growing up, got I got you thinking like that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, as I was growing up, you know, as a kid, the, you know, if I wanted to hang out with my dad, the only way to do that was just to go hang out with him at work at the business, at the car lot. Um, so we, I learned a lot about just, I think it shaped my my mindset just walking through the hallway of the dealership, just going like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is so cool. Like, my dad owns this. Like, this is, this is what being a business owner is like. Like, it just, it was a, it, I, I remember that vividly still walking through, like going, Man, like, did, what, how how is this possible? How do you get to this point? Like, and just constantly thinking about that stuff, even as I was a kid. And so, like, it's really cool, just kind of how nowadays, like, now how that has shaped our, my mindset, my thought process. I knew that, that from that point on, I always knew that I was going to own a business or do something like that down it, the road. It, it's big, and you know, Elon he talks about it all the time. The school that his children go yeah. to, you know, it's how to learn to use a screwdriver. Yep. You know, learning finance, they're going to work. I really visualize Colton, my son who's three now, of going to work, as you guys can imagine and know, I know 2,000 business owners here in the tri-state area. Right. So I could really send Colton every single day of the month to a different business owner that I trust that's going to take care of my child and have him learn as he grows up. Think about it. You guys didn't get to meet him today. He was tired. He was running all day with me. But every day he gets to see a really successful business owner like you guys walk through the gate and he gets to talk to them and learn and he sees that dad's talking about business. Right. Like the impact so mm-hmm. early on of that versus what they want in our head, which yep. has become enslaved to corporate America. Yes. So I, I think that's a really cool track. And you took the traditional mm-hmm. schooling route and you obviously still turned out to be a business owner and you have that mindset yeah the funny thing is is my dad was um he very smart guy he worked in uh, he was a machinist 
And, you know, he worked himself up to a point where when the, the parts would come in broken, they didn't even come from the factory. He just opened them up, figured out how to fix them and send them back kind of thing. But he also tried to start his own businesses on the side. He didn't really expose me to that much of that world. But, um, yeah, he was always teaching me to be better than him, to be more successful than him. Um, and he was the one who made me go to college. I didn't want to go. But, um, but, yeah. That was our parents' thought process. Yes. It was like, I want to make the next generation the best. And that's the best thing about America. And the good quality people, mm-hmm. like you're referencing your parents... That generation, unfortunately, you know, they had that intent, but they listened too much, in my opinion, to the big government. It was like, go to college. Right. Well, what did college do for anybody? Right. I'm sitting up here as a guy who got kicked out of junior year of high school, and I make more money than most of the people around me. And I don't say that in any type of braggadocious right. way. It's like, well, I think I did because I had a creative thought. I thought differently. People, people taught me to think bigger, mm-hmm. and but the lesson we learned from, I think, our parents' generation is they sacrificed everything yes. yep. to give us a better life while they really didn't get to enjoy life. My parents didn't vacation much. You know, my dad drove a crappy car. You know, my mom had a, a newer car, but it was still a pre-owned vehicle. Yeah. And that was something they learned from their parents' generation of sacrifice which was the World War II era. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that comes full circle and it's happening now again because we're going to go through some hard times in this country. Mm-hmm. And I think our generation will create savages in our children. I agree. I hope, it, I hope so, man. It's, it needs it. Yeah. That's for sure. It's coming. My son's a savage. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> and yep. he's a lover, but he's going to be a savage. Right. So fast forward in your guys' story a little bit. Um, both went to college, right? We talked about being in Indiana. Did you go to college, Mike? No, I did not. Only for parties. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I, I tell people I went to many different Cheers. colleges. Yeah. <laughs> I just never uh, got accepted. Yeah, same. I didn't make it past the junior year. Don't worry. <laughs> like, yeah, I went to ECU a couple times on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Eastern Carolina, coastal oh, Carolina. Yeah, party central. So you guys both graduate college. How long after before you guys end up in the Amway world, which is where you guys met? We don't need to get into that yet. Mm. How old were you guys at the time? I got, I became a part of the business at 19. So you were really young. I was really young. Yep. And how old were you, Liz? I'm a little bit older than him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I graduated college, did my master's, went to Korea, taught English for a while, came back. Korea? Yeah. South Korea? Mm -hmm. And I think I was 29 when I joined Wow. Yeah. You going to go to North Korea? No. <laughs> I would have gotten stuck. <laughs> Kim Jong needs some oh, English man. teachers. You could have taught him a thing or two. So you say, when did you start playing with cameras and taking pictures and, and doing videos? Oh, it was skateboarding. I mean, it, skateboarding took up probably a good, I want to say almost eight years of my life. Uh, we started when I was probably 13, 14 years old. Uh, all my two younger brothers, I got two younger brothers. We, we all three got into it at the same time and just like stuck with it. It's just something that we fell in love with. So you start filming it, throwing it on YouTube. And my, both, uh, my middle brother was way better than me. Like he had people, you know, eyeballing him for sponsors and giving him free stuff. Like the local skate shop that we had, uh, they started like get cutting him deals and stuff like that. But he, he got to a point where, uh, in order to get sponsors from other companies, 
they he needed to see some film content. from him. Yeah, they wanted to see content. So like they're like, well, it's cool that you're getting all like we can take this the word from this owner of the shop that you're good, but like we want to see what you can do. Um, and so I was just like, all right, well, I guess the only way we get to do this is buy a camera and try to figure this shit out. Like someone's gonna do it. I guess I'll do it. I'll figure it out. So we, I convinced my parents to buy me a camera, and it was just this what was little, the camera? Oh, dude, it was just some old, like, Panasonic Mini DV, I mean, just old. Flip back screen. Yeah, this little handy cam <laughs> thing, like, and it still had, like, little mini DV tapes and stuff like that with the film all in it. Dude, it was, yeah, it was old, but I, I loved it. I picked it up, started learning how to use it, and just couldn't put it down. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Evan, obviously, is the person who runs the whole podcast and everything right. we do from a video perspective. Like, you got the mind for it or you don't, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you either like that or you don't like me with a camera. Like, I like to take some pictures or yep. grab content of something I'm doing. I've become, like, accustomed to that for social media. But it's not something I'm, like, into. You seem like you picked it up right away. How long were you playing with that before you went into the Amway world and doing that for somebody else? Oh, man, I, I played with it for a few years. Um, I just... I think for... Probably till I was like 16. I probably put it down for like a year or two, um, and then as I was working, and because I, I was working for my dad at the time, and I was just trying to save up more money because I just wanted to kind of figure out what the hell I wanted to do. Um, I got into a phase where I wanted to race cars. I've always been like into extreme sports and all that kind of stuff. So like, but cars was really something I had a passion for as well, and driving them and racing them was something I really enjoyed. And so, like, that was kind of, like, my first real passion and dream that kind of, that I wanted to chase. But, like, real quickly figured out it it takes money. Like, and I didn't have any money. Like, yeah, like, my dad did very well in the car business, but, like, that didn't mean I did well. So, like, I had to work. I had to do as much as I could. Your dad wasn't going to fund a million dollars a year race team. No, (laughs) absolutely not. He was, like, he's like, if you want to do it, cool. Those toy haulers are really expensive. I'll support you as much as I can, but uh, you're going to have to pay for it on your own, so... I found that out, and so I like in my head, I'm like, all right, what the heck am I gonna do to fund this if I'm gonna do it? Um, and that kind of sparked my my mind of, and, and I'm I'm a I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in God, and and so like there was a point that I was working for my dad, and I was just not doing what I wanted to do. I was working at the salvage yard, and you know, just it, in oil and in mess every day, all day, and I was you. just like, I was like, dude. Like, when, where am I going to find something that I can just sink my teeth into and really, like, get where I want to go? I would see content and pieces of videos or whatever and just of people driving and doing what they want to do and living the life that they want to live. And I was just sitting there like, I was like, God, whatever I can find, show yeah. me, give point me, me something, point me in the direction that I need to go, like, that I can obviously, you know, do what I need to do for you, but at the same time, like, you know, I want to live the life that I want to live, so what what can we do to kind of, I was, like, trying to work a deal out with him. I'm like, you know, just point me in the right direction. And then um, a few weeks later, and this was when I was 19, and uh, I, I met a guy named Adam, and he was at, it was at a little car meet that we used to have at Sheets. Everybody get their cars together, we do it at, like, weeknights and weekends yeah. and stuff like that, so... He drove up in his BMW, and I was like, oh, dude, sick car. Started chatting him up, and then uh, we exchanged information. And he ended up being a part of the Amway business and called me a little bit later, a few weeks later. And that's just kind of how I, how I got connected through it's that. great story. 
yeah. kind of found your purpose. It steered you in that direction to teach and we'll jump back in. How did you get into the Amway business? <laughs> Someone just randomly approached me, but I had been working in the automotive industry for probably about a year, year and a half at this point. And I was like, I, I came just fresh back from Korea and I was like, I'm going to go wherever I can just work my way up. That was just my mentality. Um, and so I realized very quickly, though, that the glass ceiling is real. Um, I saw the pay plans continuously being changed based on the market, different things like that mm -hmm. for, you know, sales or finance. And I saw how many hours you had to give up of your life to get like this small portion to be able to, to do things with your family. And someone approached me and I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's I mean, that's literally just how it happened. Yeah. You're like, hey, how can I figure out a way to. Yes. make some capital and have more of my freedom. Exactly. You know, I, I think about this for, for women. I think for years, the last 20 years, it's been a big push on like, you know, equal pay and all these things. And I, I believe in all that. I think they should. But like, why don't we praise moms being moms right. and like being wives and like, that's a really tough job mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of energy and, you know, push that as well and give the mother that freedom to go do what she wants to do versus grinding to try to get an equal pay or you know get up there and feel what you know what the males are doing and having that same you know equal whatever it may be mm -hmm. like my wife came home and I glorify that like her job is crazy hard and my kids are amazing and I love them but usually after about three hours I'm like tapped <laughs> on like patience yeah and she just has a different drive you know, a different lever, she can, you know, hit that gear on the next level and, you know, just deal with it in a different way. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like, you know, in my opinion, women are trying to compete for that, like, job and that spot with a male where it's like, like, maybe if we believe in, you know, the big guy upstairs, he made Adam and Eve and we were made to recreate, right? We were made to make that next generation and, you know, naturally the females were better at doing that mm -hmm. and you know i mean now a male can have a kid i think <laughs> can they that's what they uh that's what they claim they, they do something yeah no. it was very expensive surgery but yeah. so i i get that path you were trying to get through and figure it out and yeah how do i make my way and how old were you when you went into the amway business i think it was 29 29 mm -hmm. you said it earlier yeah i apologize and you were working in the car business mm -hmm. Same group that you were doing some work with still now? Or yes. is it a different well, group? Different group. Different group. Yeah. Same boss, different group. Same boss, different group. Mm -hmm. So he, he stole you. Yeah. That well, means you yeah. were that good. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so you guys are at a conference. Mm -hmm. And I was privy to this story before we got started. Yeah. And you guys have a little run in in the elevator. Mm -hmm. Mike was a little cranky. I think so. And it's you tired. were a little bit more mature and you're like, this guy's cute, you know, like, why is he being Actually, so cranky? Actually, I didn't think he was cute at first. I thought he uh, looked oh, goofy shit. as hell. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, uh, damn. You, you talk. It's true. No, you talk. Well, I, made a, I, made a, I made a book for him for our wedding I thought you said day. it was just the suit. It's in, yeah. You're in an Amway suit. You just you just like made it was like, like you you I just made it sound like it was the whole I'm broke, yeah. but I'm gonna wear this suit <laughs> yes. from Men's Warehouse that don't fit me. And fit I think in. his pants were too short. <laughs> oh, it was Express. Yeah. Was express. Women are always smarter than us. They are. They're ahead of us. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm. It was Express. Oh, it was Express. I never fit into Express ever. Yeah. 
Like yeah. even as like a baby, they couldn't get me an express. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine. Well, basically, it looked like he walked in there and said, "I need something." They said, "Oh, that looks great," and he's like, "All right, it's mine." But they were lying <laughs> to you. So she was like, "This guy's a little chippy. He's got an awkward suit on. I need to help him." Bro, I was nine. I was. Uh, 19. No, well, I, I got in business when I was 19, but yeah, like no no corporate world experience, yeah. no real job experience. Like I didn't know how to dress myself. I didn't know anything like that. So I just, I was going off the cuff with it. So. Yeah, I was kicked out of high school from Bricktown into a financial boardroom where they did training. <laughs> like you talk about somebody who wasn't dressed right. I get it. Dude, yeah. I fully get it. So how long after that interaction did you guys... Um play this cat and mouse game it was probably long time well so here's the thing where the group that i was in doing was doing this video contest right and i work did a little bit of marketing and it was all a part of my job and i said okay i'm gonna do the one by myself and i can win this so like i contacted him to help me make the video Mm. she was strategic she's she's extremely strategic extremely (laughs) i'm the creative side of things she's that like business she's you need both yeah Yeah. that's why it works for you guys you guys are very successful because of that 100 and so i convinced him to do it and you know i was the director he made it happen he made the vision come alive and we were friends ever since Mm. we were friends for uh three years (laughs) Probably three and a half years. Before. Yeah, no, it was like four. It was yeah. probably like four. Okay. <laughs> and finally, you woke up and you said, "Yeah, what am I doing here?" Yeah. Uh, I, I kept using the ex- well, not not using the excuse, but like you know, the guy that I was working for, twenty four seven, three sixty five. I was traveling nonstop all the time, like, and I never knew what my schedule was looking like from day to day. He would hit you up. You I know, mean, yeah, yeah, like, night before. Yeah, twenty four hours, maybe twenty four hours in advance. That would be nice to even get sometimes and be like, bro, we're flying out tomorrow. We're going to you know the uh, NCAA championship, or we're going to this crazy thing. Like he was doing something crazy and extravagant all the time. So he was just trying to grab content and yeah. show the money he was making. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, it was just it was wild. It was it was fun. It was one of the, it's been it was one of the funnest times in my life. Other than now, like it's. Uh, the experiences and the things that I went through was just, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll taught never you a lot it. how to use a camera, that's for sure. It taught yes. me uh, so yes. much. It brought, that I knew brought you guys together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I want to get to your next chapter right after this break, though. Okay. Cool. We'll be back. We had to take a break for a nice Figurado cigar. Shout out to Frank at Figurado Cigars. And Fireside has a nice promo code. You get yourself a nice discount at the checkout. Make sure you put in promo code Fireside. These are tasty. They're called the Explorer, right? Pretty good cigar. For Connecticut, for Connecticut blends, these are really good. Yeah, it's got a nice little bite to it still, I like these. but smooth. I'm more of a Tormodoro guy, but this is, yeah. You like it, Liz? I can't speak the lingo, but yes. Yes, it's tasty. <laughs> it is delicious. I think you look great smoking a cigar. Yes, I know does. that I Mike feel makes fun of So, hopping into your business, you guys, as a couple. And I say guys, I mean guy and girl. I like to say that. Yes. <laughs> and it bother her. Not you. I know it doesn't bother you. People get bothered by that. Yo, know, you were talking quickly as we were jumping back in. Yeah. You know, talking about your dad and business and, like, how you started to think about business and us both not having a college degree and all that debt. Let's, let's jump it off there, and then we'll roll into your business and everything you guys are doing and where the vision of marketing is going for you guys and your opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, it was just, my dad, we, 
As a kid, I would go there and we would, I would try to ask him questions and stuff like that and be like. What was know. his dealership, by the way? Uh, Saul's Motor Company. It was just a used car. He was oh, a used, used car, car dealer, yeah. like yeah. Dude, used car lots can crush. They, yeah. He killed it, man. I think, I think at one point they had uh, the buy here pay here system that they had. I think he was bringing in like, I don't even know. It was it was millions a year he was bringing in. Because they just, it was all cash. It was all cash. They was bringing, every two weeks, people would be paying. He had, like, over 500 accounts of just people just paying every two weeks cash. And it was just booming. But I never learned, I I didn't get a chance to learn anything. One, I was too young at the time to really grasp what he would have taught me and what was going on. But, like, he also was just so deep in it that he just never was able to have the time to really sit me down and go, this is what's happening, this is what I'm doing, this is what you can have, and all this kind of, like, he just never really was able to. Do you think subconsciously, now as you guys are in business, do you believe that you maybe have more than you thought you knew, and learned more than you thought you were taught? I think subconsciously, you know, it, like in passing, as I, you know, would go as a kid, I think that just, I think it just it ultimately painted a, a vision or just, it, you know, once you see certain things, once you experience certain things, like, it's just, you can't, it, it never... You, you can't, can't take it away. You can't take it away. So, like, there was always, no matter what I did, I was always that thought of, you know, if my dad had this, like, it, I should be able to do that same thing, if not do something more. Well, you realize your dad was making a great living, and he wasn't working for the man. Right. He was and he was, the, what he was able to provide for us and stuff, and, and I always... They, I don't want to, like, sound like I'm, like, you know, knocking him for anything, but he he was so busy at times that he didn't have enough time to spend with us. You know, I've got two younger brothers. Whenever we would go do stuff, like we used to have like skateboard competitions or any kind of thing that we would do as a family, go to the Be beach. Careful that popping. <laughs> that will literally burn legit. you. Be careful. Just I don't know what's going violence. on there. We got, we got like a fiery one. <laughs> I'm spitting fire right now. It's good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's hot. Um, he. Uh, so he wasn't able to, like, hang out with us all the time. Like, whenever we would go to the beach, it was just my mom and my brothers. And then he would come for a couple of days. But that's but sacrifice go, to give your family the, the right things, man. You know, we, as kids growing up, you don't really realize that. Yeah. You don't understand that. So you're just like, like, Dad, stay. Like, stay. Don't leave. Just stay. We want to have fun with you. But, like, and then going through our teens, we would kind of, like, you know, it, I realized I, I wanted to do something that I could provide a living for my family, but also not have to have the do flexibility. That. I want to have the flexibility to be able to be there for my kids. And be that there generation for my didn't know how to do that either. I, I don't think so. They weren't as efficient. It was just they were workers, mm-hmm. right? You know, like your your dad taught you a work ethic. Your father and mother taught you a work ethic. It was it was put your head down, right. Provide for your family, roof over the head, clothes on the back. And I and think his dad, my grandfather, was a hard ass. I, I don't. I way never different knew him. world. He died before I even got to know him. Um, and I think his, I think his dad was pretty hardcore. So I think he yeah, got that he, from him. You, you learn, you know, when your next generation tries to learn from the good and the bad yep. of the previous generation. And none of us should judge our parents. You know, I talk about my parents all the time, and they're hardworking people, yep. and they were loving, but they they got it wrong. They got a lot of shit wrong, right. you know, and our family was far from perfect. My brother had issues. My sister got in trouble at times. I was kicked out of school. My parents were religious, went to church, and did everything that they thought they were supposed to do to, to do the right things. But they could only do as good as they were taught. Right. Right. right? I, for parents, I always, I always, this is how I viewed it, is they've, they've 
if they're the good ones, right? If, you, if you're born into love, then yeah. that's like the one true privilege in life I think you can be born into. Yep. Yeah. And they create your, their ceiling is your platform, right? Yep. So I've always thought of it as my duty to say, okay, this is where my family could get to. Um, and it's my responsibility to keep going up. So then the next people that come from us, then they're our ceiling, which we're aiming really high, is going to be their platform to just keep going. A hundred percent. And you're going to give it to them. Right. Yep. You know, because, you know, again, going back to my son of what he's going to be able to, to do, he's got these guys like Keaton and, you know, the Rob Baileys and all these guys we're going to be hanging out with. You know, next weekend at the event, which, you know, I know you guys are very busy, but if you cancel and get there, it'd be great. But, you know, think about that. You know, your kids are going to be, you know, already at this platform, this summit that you got to, you know, the top of the mountain that you got to. And now they're setting themselves up at such a higher standard. It's just awesome. And, and all of us, seriously, I think we have, call it trauma or things we need to look introspectively of, of what our parents did in raising us but like me and and sounds like you guys you come from loving families that's you know yeah we're all imperfect you know i'm sure i do retarded ass shit i shouldn't do to my kids and you know maybe (laughs) they'll be fucked up everybody's trying to figure it out (laughs) as we go man like it is what it is that's one of the things i think that i've had to do that i did a little bit earlier on than my younger two my two younger brothers is i learned you know, my, my dad, my parents, like they're, they're people. Like I, I go through stuff. I make mistakes. Like I can't imagine, like, I, I hope I can, I can do things as good as, yeah. My mom, I can't believe she's still even around after, after raising us three. Like Mm -hmm. we were insane. We were just skateboarding alone. I can only imagine the hospital. I've heard a lot. Yes. (laughs) My dad being a used car dealer, he also had a salvage yard. So like he would bring some of these old junk cars home and we had, we lived on like some acreage we had like 25 acres so we he would bring a couple of junk cars and that like nine ten years old we'd be driving junk cars with no doors on derbies them. derbies doing just dirt derbies that in the backyard awesome. and like I've seen I the learned, pictures like a child is hanging off of a car yeah well, my younger brother man. nick my youngest brother nick is hanging on he is like got no shirt on no nothing he's just like hanging on like a wild man screaming i'm driving just like you know nothing. i thought he was like exaggerating the story and then I oh saw the it's photo. beautiful the picture's amazing um, what are your brothers doing now they are so that's a whole that's a movie that I'm going to yes. produce and make one day. Really? They're, that story is is developing right now. They're they're both in business together uh, in this business called Greaseman Services and this guy named Steve, he started in out of Charleston, I think, and it's just this whole system of just it, what was there was like the monopoly. It was like the only company that was doing all this, you know, yeah, cleaning hoods, recycling grease from restaurants, you know, whatever. And so he kind of rethought it and remade it. And now like they are the one of seven franchisees. So they just started theirs in Charlotte. And so they're building it up from scratch on their own. Franchisee? Yeah. Um, so it was, the the story just continues to go. They just started about- Would it benefit them to hook into like a large franchise or? Meaning like a Jersey Mike's, a Bubba Coos, something no, of that like, nature. No, this is this is it's a it's one of those opportunities. This is grassroots. Like you guys need to talk to Racefly Ryan, the guy I interviewed today on my my podcast live, you know, Instagram live. 
We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. My mind is <laughs> how my mind works. <laughs> Where's that lighter? I need it. I, oh, I, we got it right going here. Going too long got without taking a puff. You got it stuck, brother. I know. But yeah, dude, it's that Grease Man Services, dude. They've got the story behind that and what my brother's going through. Yeah. yeah. Um, how old? So I'm 30. The young or the middle is 28, about to turn 29. Youngest is 25. Yeah, 25. I'm surprised you don't have cowboy boots from North Carolina. I've tried. <laughs> I like. We're that. getting there. Yeah. He doesn't do it. We're getting there. I need to start. I need to start getting some cowboy boots. I'm gonna start a trend in Jersey. Yeah. Man, I like the couple, I couple like my the buddies. of Chelsea's. Yeah, you're the. I got you on those. Uh, those Maganis. Isn't that what it is? Maganis, Maganis, whatever. Yep. With the buckles. Yep. Shits I like those. Tight. Hot. But yeah, dude. The, my <laughs> brothers are. They're. They're working day and night. It's just. It's a story being told. I wish I could tell details cool about it, but it's cool. Content. Yeah, get it, capture it all. Absolutely. Tell it later. I tell them all the time. Like, film yourourselves, talk about it, document it. Be careful. Don't f- push it off you. Okay. Don't forget. <laughs> I keep telling them, don't forget anything that's happened. That's kind of what like we try to do is, even if I don't document it like with my cameras or anything, I always like. Are film. you close enough to them to to, to get some footage? They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, solid. they're about two hours away from us, so yeah. it's. It's not that's something far. that I can. It is far. You're yeah. right. And they're, they're still they're still working to like, like they're still they're at a point now there where they're bringing in like, they started with nothing, literally nothing. They had to find their own warehouse. They had to build all this stuff from scratch, um, and and it's only been like what four months, five months maybe. They just brought in like eighteen grand there this month. And so are they re- reinventing the whole franchise or? Yeah. Like the whole brand? Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. This is a whole different system of the way that they're operating. I wish I could describe it. What's their names? It. What's that? What's their names? Uh, Brantley and Nicholas. Brantley. I like that name. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Nicholas, uh, that's overrated. Yeah. Nick. We just, a lot of those Nick. in Jersey. Santa. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Most most Nicks are douchebags. Those guys got to come up to the podcast. <laughs> they do. Dude, I swear, when they when they get to a certain point where they I can, think we can inject money into that make money, but that's a sidebar conversation. That's a, dude, the, it, the system they got going on is, is fantastic. Do you have any siblings, Liz? I do. I have an older brother. Older brother? Yeah. What's his name? His name's Philip. Philip? Mm-hmm. And is he in business as well? No. He works for a, a non-profit Nonprofit in Ohio, yeah. What do they do? He's in operations. Um, nice. He used to work in logistics, so he's kind of. It's something to do with feeding people. I'm not exactly sure all the details. Feeding people is no. It's really a world cool. problem. It's really cool <laughs> what he he's doing and his passion for that. So, so I'm going to fast forward this conversation. You've done six years in the Amway business. You're working for this guy that's crushing. He's flying around the country. Yep. You're doing video. You guys collab on a video because she was strategic. She was going to scoop you up. Right. Yeah. She scooped you up like a ground ball. Yeah, she, she knew exactly what she was yeah. doing. 100%. First scooped him up for the trophy and then. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to win. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I was just, I'm like, you, you chose me. We call that a win-win. Win, like, yes. I won the trophy. I was flattered. And then she won the trophy husband. I mean, listen, that's a win-win. She win. called me and I was like, you want to win? We're going to win. It's over. It's done. So at what point did you guys say, we need to start our own business and run with this. What year was that? I have the answer. I'll let you go. Yeah. I'll let you. So it was 2020. Yeah. Right? I don't know. You said you had the answer. I do have the answer, but I don't remember the years. Aren't they supposed to be like the detailed ones? And- so anyway, <laughs> well, you know, when that whole thing happened, 
you know, time. Pandemic. Time, yes. Time changes. I saw a graphic today with Fauci getting arrested from Jack Posebic. I don't know if that was. I, they not. mixed Biden in with that one too, and I was like, is that real? Yeah. But they, nowadays, I don't even. And then I heard Trump was being arrested for ripping a mattress tag off from 1997. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, with AI and stuff, yeah. I'm like, I don't even. I don't even look at social media anymore outside of just like learning shit because it's just like I don't know what the fuck is real. And what's yeah. Not. Like, I know. It's just, yeah. It was. It was 2020 because we've. In 2019 is when I hooked him. So the next year I did... Uh, Hook, line, and sinker, obviously. Yes. So we did a... I fought it. <laughs> Shush. You got a pretty nice ring, too, by the way. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Thank you. You know what I, I did? I was about to put my sunglasses on and look I, over I, there. I picked it out and I sent it to him. You picked it out? Yeah. That's some bullshit. I'd take it back. We are not, like, traditional, like... No. There's nothing traditional. The story, like, he was going to jack story. the whole thing up. It was going to be terrible. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get my hints. So, yeah. anyway. I don't think any man gets any... I was homeschooled. You keep using that excuse, but it's <laughs> I'm going to keep using that. All, yeah. all men, like, yeah, I, I don't get hints either, so... But anyway, so he was working for a boss, and he had access to all this gear, and he had this one camera that he would just, like, carry around with him everywhere. So he used it for some personal things. And we were in Charleston, South Carolina. I was doing an event for the group that I work for. And we went to a restaurant. And he left his camera there. Ooh. Well, his boss's camera. It wasn't his camera, right? And I, Spencer. mind you, like months prior to this happening, I kept saying, why don't you have your own gear? It's a big Buy your too. own gear. Buy it. Just, you do this all the time. Buy it. Start, start making money from it. And so he lost it. He felt really bad. He was depressed. I was all in my feelings for yeah, a little while. Yeah, because, I mean, he couldn't create what he was always creating in his free time, you know? So he, I, and finally, I just had to push him to, like, just buy the damn thing. Because we were we we're going to get married. We had a 0% credit card. By the way, we paid for everything. By the time, the day we got married, we had no debt for the Did wedding. Did you finance everything through the credit card so to start the business? No. Mm-hmm. No. Um... I have a couple of people I've been on and they've done that. That's all, which it's awesome because that's taking risk out on yourself. Well, no, we did. I mean, it was on a credit card. Well, yeah. So I mean, we utilized our zero yeah. percent for wedding, and then his camera gear. And I, I basically, I, I said, "Listen, <laughs> this is zero percent. We're not paying any more for this camera for fifteen months. How many gigs do you need to get to pay off the camera?" And he said, "Well, just a couple." And I was like, "Okay, so send me the link, and I will purchase the camera." And then that's where it all started. Isn't this so, hold on, time out. Isn't this so funny? The belief in the women my wife is the same where she knows you have the talent you aren't fully believing in yourself yet and she's going hey listen dog we got 15 months you told me your breakdown is three thousand dollars per gig we need to do x amount of gigs to hit this right camera price and we're paid off in 15 months and you know it's funny it's like I, I, I didn't I didn't lack the the belief in myself of like being able to deliver no you need to push though. the 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 mm-hmm. lack so like the biggest the, my biggest issue was was credit card I was so against credit cards I was so against debt yeah. I was so against I am I didn't have the cash for it I was not yeah. spending that money I know that's just how I was for so but the world long. works off leverage dude right. and she she broke me of it and I was it, like that that moment I was just like oh all right well let's go like this is we got to make it work now she's like a savior to you 100 percent 100 yeah. <laughs> you're like a, you guys are a really good couple I don't just say that because we're on camera I'm just talking like friends the cameras aren't here like I, I know good couples when they exist. I'm kind of like Dr. Phil. I could be a marriage counselor. 
Just kidding. I'm yeah, far from perfect little in my bit, marriage. A little bit. But you could tell you guys are, you know, that 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 push and pull. That's awesome that you guys have that, and then move that into business. Yeah. And obviously, you guys did that and did that well. What was your first gig? Well, so going back to, it's just funny how God works because the second that we got the camera. I didn't do any kind of external marketing or any any kind of reaching out to people. The second that that camera came in, people people just ran, some, one random person texted me and was like, well, hey, "How?" I, just I don't. They just texted. They me. knew you were doing it. That, nobody knew I was doing it. It was Arbor's, wasn't it? But they no. knew you did it. They knew you did it prior. They so they yeah, had. Wasn't the first person. I, I had I had dabbled in. I put some stuff on social media, but it's just like nobody really knew because of the. It guy wasn't that, a real. When I was so working for this guy, everything was super tight. Oh yeah, no, like Amway is super strict with their lawyers. Everything you can't, I can't, I couldn't post anything I was. But for six and a half years, I couldn't promote myself. I couldn't post anything I was working on, what I was doing, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess him up. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything that would that would involve like legal stuff. Content all Amway stuff. sounds horrible. It, well, it's it's not that it's horrible. It's just know, like it, there's the legal, the legality. Of course. Just, they, they, Listen, I have FINRA, brother. I, there's there's nobody more understanding of that than me. The IP issues, all that kind of stuff. And so, like, there was six, there's six and a half, seven years where I was creating all of this content, all this video, all these you know trips that we were taking, all this stuff that I was just like, man, I wish I could post this stuff and show what I'm doing and show these videos that were that I'm creating. Could never do that. And so, like, when we first bought this camera, nobody knew what I did. No, wait, hold. Who was your first gig? That was his question. The first gig came from, um, what was it? Uh, Johnny Pratt. Johnny Pratt and with, with Rove, know, Rove Reynolds. I had met him at a coffee shop. Okay. And, I, and I just made some random okay, video. Right, but that came from you making a video at the coffee shop. So he knew that that's what you did. He saw the video once you posted it, and then he contacted you to do content. Right, right? but I wasn't like actively posting. Right, but most of the stuff that we've initially got is because, yes, he talks about not being able to post it, but I mean, there were conferences with 20,000 people, and his videos were up there. Everybody knew who he was. They knew his videos. So, like, a lot of things that started us and really got us going were from... Was from that work. Yeah, and from referrals, and people and, that knew that he did good And stuff. that's the biggest thing that people need to realize. In the moment that you're maybe working for somebody, yes. or you're not on your, your path yet, like that work you put in, somebody is noticing you. Yeah. yeah. So to this day, this podcast in 18 months has gone like crazy far because of Evan's work and my team's work and because what I've been able to like push on. Yeah. Right. Someone to this day that I don't know that's powerful is watching. Right. 100%. So what you're doing at some point that you don't feel you're fulfilling fully where you want to go is putting in the work and making plays, and you're not getting the awards yet, and you're not getting the trophy yet, but it's going to lead you to where you're going, and that's what you were doing. 100%. And that's powerful shit, especially in a circle like that. You know, Mm -hmm. the Amways of the world, all those large multi-level marketing companies, they're they're massive. Mm -hmm. Yep. What's the total revenues of Amway, by the way? I think, well, around the time that we were in, they were doing around 12 billion a year. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what what the Amway mainly sell. I, well, at the point that we were around, they, they started off with the with soap with LOC, and then they grew to all of these other different. They started doing, uh, they started partnering with Target and all these other different companies. They try to pull do like Amazon. They do traditional like skincare, skincare, energy drinks, energy drinks, stuff like that. Everything. They've got a wide variety, but it's crazy. Do you guys have any involvement anymore? 
So mm-hmm. we've got other than you know my previous employer, like we're still tied. You still to them chat with well. him? Yeah, I love. You they, do work for him? I love yeah. them. Their family. Yeah. They are the most genuine people. They, Tell them to get on the podcast. I never amazing. had a multi-level marketing person. I wish, honestly, I wish that like having someone like a couple like that on would be amazing. It's just they they wouldn't even be. They're so f- afraid of the, the the company. It's not that they're yeah. They, it's not that they're afraid, but it's just they, they're not allowed. They, you gotta right. abide by so many strict rules when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Which of course you know. That sounds like communism, not freedom. Yeah, it, right, they get yeah. pretty tight with it. So, so your first gig, what was it? Uh, it was a couple of videos that we were going to do for Rove Rentals. This guy Johnny Pratt, him what and his buddy started cars, um, quads. Rove Rentals is like an overland. Uh, they started with the overland trailers. So, like, if you let's say you had an SUV, but you didn't like have the money to spend to put a camper on top and all that kind of stuff, but you like you want to take your family out camping. So you would rent this trailer, hook it up to your SUV, and you'd take it out to whatever campsite you want to do, and it's got everything you need. Brilliant, brilliant business plan design, and everything they did was amazing. Um, so they just wanted a promotional material to, one, do like a who we are kind of video, and then details about the, the products. So then we did that actually on my dad's property. That was like one of the first gigs that we ever did. That's cool. What'd they pay you? I think, oh God, I think I only charged like, like $1,500 like like for like three videos and they were each like three to four minutes long. Like, Undervalued I mean, yourself. Oh God, dude. I had no idea what other people were charging. I had no idea what I was worth. I didn't know what I could charge. I mean, Not side note, it has taken a lot of effort on my side to convince him of his worth. And be like, I think for, I, I, I'm just speaking from my personal opinion on Evan. And again, maybe they're just kind people or that's the people that God puts in my life because I'm difficult to deal with. But, you know, Evan still doesn't know his full value. And he's created this whole monster of a tribe through his shooting. And I think with you guys, if you love it the way that I know he loves it, you're just in it to like, yo, this is awesome. If right. I make it work, yep. if I shoot some content that helps your business, I'm pumped. That means the way that I shot it and executed it 100%. was I'm on par. Yep. And it's hard to value yourself in that because you don't know what will work or not work. Right. You want it's another ho- drink? Matt, can we hook her up with a drink? <laughs> She's like, dang, girl, you already like drank that down. That was, she, that was, no, she sipped was, on that for a while. That was for a while. Yeah, let's give You're her right. some You're credit. Right. You're right. Give her some credit. <laughs> pass, pass me the... Uh, oh, you guys are on vacation, you know? But, like, yeah. baby making time tonight. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, you're right, though. Like, it, But as... It's one of those things, like, I started from... I know what I where I started from, so it's I still got that... I don't know, that side of me that goes... Is my work still worth it? Like you got to stop that. Is yeah. this Thank you, you. got to stop that, dude? Because like, because I came from kicked out of school, I came from dirtbag, chippy, yeah. fighting, drinking too much, being an idiot. Like, and to this day, like I'm gonna walk on that stage and I'm gonna crush that speech just like any other dude that's up there, whether they made a hundred million and I've only made ten. Well, the thing he doesn't realize too is that what the work that he puts in is more than he charges, but it's. Like, he he cares about the people. He cares about how this is going to perform for them. He cares a lot. He's going to do more research for his own learning to make this work, you know? It's his heart. And, yes. and, and I'm, I'm the same way. And that's something Keaton, to Keaton's credit, you know, he's like, dude, 
everything you do, you can't keep doing stuff for free for people. You can't just take phone calls for an hour and a half at a time and unload on these people and they don't pay you a dime because people are takers, dude. They are. Right? Satan's a taker. Yes. Right? And, and people will take and take and take. And, and, and the right people who do the right thing by you and they give back and they're doing things for you, you want to hook them up? By all means, go hook them yeah. up. And yep. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the people who are not, you just got to make sure you know that it's still business, dude. Yeah, right. absolutely. And you've got to value your time. Right. And, and, and yours, like I see your gigs. Like you're, I'm talking about, for those of you who are watching this, go watch that video of, was that a Ducati commercial? What was that? It was, that? Uh, dude, honestly, <laughs> so that's one of the things that like I, a lot of people will, will ask, like, you know, how do you, how do you get gigs or how do you, you know, find clients? It's like, a lot of the times it comes from spec work, whereas like my What's brother, my brother, he owned his, a, his, my brother owned brother. a Ducati mm-hmm. and he lived in downtown Raleigh. And I was like, bro, I got a, I got a free day tomorrow. Let's just go film something, something sick. Let's just go do some shit. And that's where it came from. I w- we just had no agenda. We just went and we filmed some stuff. And thank you, Matt. We just, uh, I was just like, yo, let me, let me go film something that I want to film that, ma- that makes me happy, you know, and let me just do something that I haven't been able How to do yet. How did he jump out the window? I don't, honestly, I don't even that part. I, I feel don't. Like, I feel like that. I'm making that. You up either in my head. saw that so. somewhere and then like linked that up with. The, oh, I, I know. know. It was sick. It was like was he was, was he in a high rise? No, no. So he he was he actually <laughs> he got really good at, at riding a motorcycle. So he was doing wheelies. Like he was very he was good. Why well, not? It was sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. There was. I mean, there, I sent it to Evan right away. I was like, dude, Evan, check out this guy. <laughs> it, yeah, it was. It's fun, but the expect work. I mean, just just filming stuff that that I that I and want then to do. And someone else it, wants to pay you for and it. And then somebody sees it. They don't know that it, that I didn't charge. That they don't know yeah. that somebody didn't pay me for that. They don't know that that's not a commercial. So like, yeah. it's just something fun. that hey, this is what I can do. Right. You know, and I think that's a lot of when people in in my industry they don't do enough spec work. They don't do enough projects on their own to really push their limits and then share it. Or also push what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that, it's, that's the biggest thing in all, all types of work. Mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier about my podcast. It's like, is this a job or is this something that's your passion? Right. So if you're shooting a passion film that you like yeah. and you guys have a vision as a business owner of what you like and you're shooting that spec, you know, now you're going to attract people that want to be in that space. Now you're shooting racers. You're shooting motorcycles. You're shooting stuff that I know right. you like and love. You start putting out what you, like, it's, it's the law of, and that goes back to, like, my thought process is, like, I, I give everything. I give it my, like, 110%, 120%, whatever you want to call it. I go above and beyond for my, for my clients, my people, because I know that no matter what, yes, I may undercharge it sometimes or, you know, I may do something for free. It's like, it, some, some, that may be the case sometimes, but I know that, you know, what you sow, you reap. Yeah, it's going to come back tenfold. It's going to come back no matter what. So, like, it, whether somebody pays me for something that I do extra or not, if I go, if I just, like, oh, you know what, this will take me a little bit extra time, but it would, it's going to look so good for them. It's going to be such a great result. That's a better trusting in, in you than I have. What do you mean? Like, that, that's the trust in you that you believe in that bigger picture of, like, I'm going to do the right thing. And although maybe there's one scumbag along the way that takes advantage. Yeah. These other people will realize. I think it's, it, I look, I, I think it's because I constantly am looking to the, towards the next client 
I'm, I'm focusing and taking care of the client that I'm working on, but I'm working on that project because I know there's someone else, there's another set of eyeballs that's gonna see this client's work that I'm doing right now. And, and what I do here matters because that's gonna get me to the next better client. So let's move this along. Okay. I'm gonna geek out a little bit. All right. So you see this setup here. You see what Evan's doing. You guys quickly talked like camera talk. You guys got excited in the pants. Yep. I was like, what's going on here? 100%. I don't know what's going on. Evan's got fancy shit. You got fancy shit. So, like, talk about what you think that you do different as a videographer and somebody. And you do all your own editing as well, right? Everything. You guys everything, do everything from start to finish. So, talk about what you think you do different, what you see different than other videographers out there. I listen. <laughs> I take the time to get to know my client. I, uh, there's, a, there's a process that we take them through to, one, understand who they are, their company, what their vision is, what they're trying to accomplish. Like, it, we, we try to learn as much as we can because I want as much information that I can get because if they can convey their, their vision, then I can, I know they say this is what we're trying to accomplish, I can produce it, I can make it, it's gonna work. And I think it's just the amount of care, really. That's just all it comes down to. I care about the client. I care about my work because it's my reputation. It's not like I'm just going to go do this and I'm going to half-ass it because, you know, this client's not paying me a lot. It's just like I can't do that because I know that at the end of the day, that's like that's my work. That's my art. And there's no way that I'm going to half-ass it. I'm going to not do what I need to do to make it the best that it can possibly be. I want to drill down further, though. All right. And that's a great answer. I want you to drill down on, like, angles of things. Because I see it in Evan. Like, I may give him an idea of an overall, like, idea. And it's, it's vague at times. And, like, he takes my vague, you know, to a, your point, listening. And he's able to, like, go shoot the right angle and, like, go, sh you know, produce the right content or video or hype or, or it's slow-mo right. of it. You know, talk about how you think through that process on a client's content they're trying to create. I think it's, do you wanna, do you wanna answer? I'll interject, go. Yeah, go for it. No, no, you first. I was gonna say, it's just, it's a matter of um, the, the preparation on the back end. I spend so much time studying other, other videos, other, other people that I look up to. Um, I'm constantly, because of the spec work that I'm constantly working on, I'm constantly looking at other people's work and just studying the amount of, the amount of videos and the amount of things that I see all the time. I'm, I can always pull from different places, different ideas, different things that I've seen, and then down to the very core, I can say a lot of fancy stuff, but down at the very core, I think it's the inspiration from the Holy Spirit, the from divine. God. That come, that is just, I, for some reason, it's like, a lot of times in my, in my head, I'm going, how am I going to make this work? This client wants all this stuff. I, sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. It's weird. But I just know that it's, it's just we're going to figure it out. It's you know so out. much more than they do. And you know so much more than the public knows. Well, there's another distinct advantage, too. Um, so one thing when he talks about, like, understanding what the client wants is us as a team. So yeah. I he'll throw project ideas at me not always but many many times and we'll talk through them and then I'll put my input especially like weddings he'll come to me and say this and then I give him a vision as well because I you're like I, a producer and a director yeah so like when I she was is. uh 
when I was in high school, I bought my, I, I got lunch money. I didn't eat lunch. I always saved my money. Came home and ate food, and then I bought stuff. Oh, with. she's the saver. Well, but then I, I had a camera as well. I was a little bit further behind or ahead in age, so like the editing softwares, like that stuff wasn't like readily available. So not like nowadays, right? No, and so like I had the same kind of camera that he had, and I always, I was always taking photos, doing videos and stuff. But like I never, like my editing was like all in one shot kind of situation, you know. And so I know how to edit based on the basic version of what he knows, right? So I have a, a passion for it as well. You have a thought process and a vision into it. Yes, and I'm very much a, a storyteller. And so I'm, I provide a sounding board for him as well. So, like, for example, he has a friend, and she's a makeup artist. And he made this video. This was when we were just friends. And, you know, being in Amway, everybody's, like, positive. Like, that's the whole atmosphere. So he, he thinks everybody was always lying to him because they're just positive people in general. And then I said, well, do you want, do you want some real feedback? I can give you some real feedback. And he had made this video and it was beautiful. Like it was very well done, but I told him the key points of what, where he went wrong in that particular video and the subject matter, because he was focusing on a beautiful video and not showcasing the talent of the person. Right. So the video execution was a good video, but he didn't do what the client like could really benefit from. So I encouraged him to dive deeper, ask questions, find Drill these down. things. Yeah. Find out what the client wants. And then like two months later, you did the um, coffee house or coffee shop. And like he nailed it. Right. So it was like a complete turnaround. And so when he makes his videos, he comes back. I watch them sometimes begrudgingly because I'm busy <laughs> with my full time job. Like stop what you're doing. Right. <laughs> watch what you, that's I, I, I bounce. I bounce things off Kelly yeah. all day. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, she's my sounding board. I get it. Yeah. So I critique the hell out of everything. And, and he's accepting and loving sometimes. and trusting. Yes. Yeah, but hate it sometimes. you know that she's giving you the real truth. Absolutely. Right. So it helps. It pushes him. So I think that's a really big advantage that not all people have to have a safe place yeah. to go to go and, get the trusting yes. yeah you know you're you're you know a lot of times when i'm like putting stuff out there it's like all right people are gonna like it you know <laughs> yeah well i got evan and i got mike yeah. and right. i got matt and i got kelly and that's like my trust circle as well as many others in the tribe that you know i love and trust yep and that's a huge thing especially as somebody as close as your husband or wife and i, I could see that in you you're you're a creative mind in a different way, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And that's the the video guys, you know? Like, they see things through, like, they can shoot this, but they may not always have the overall production side. Not the production, but they don't have, like, the, the director mind mm -hmm. or, like, what you want to do. They can execute to the T, which you and I may not be able to do, mm -hmm. but sometimes they need a little guidance of, like, where should they go shoot it or how should they shoot it. Yeah. And... I mean, as a husband-wife team, that's amazing. Dude, yeah. I mean, because for me, like, it's, yeah, for me, it's, it's an art form. It's something that, like, I mean, these, these creations are, like, they're my brainchild. They're my babies. Like, so when I create something, it's, like, you know, even though, like, and I'm, I'm my own worst critic. So, like, I see everything that I should have done or could have gotten better or, uh, like, I'm always, I see that now. I'm always nitpicking. There's always something that you could have done better. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a constant learning and progressing process. It's just constant learning, constant progression. I'm always, oh, I didn't do that as good as I could have. I'll do that better on the next client or the next project. And, but it's also like, it's a hard, 
it's hard to kind of critique your own work as well because you're like, man, this is really good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, like sometimes you feel really good about a project, and then when I bring it to her, I'm like, I don't even want to bring it to her right now. <laughs> what is she gonna like, say? What is she gonna say about this? Because sometimes, like, Maddie I'm a, B, I'm a visual person, so like, whenever it's like, sometimes I kind of get in my own little lane of going, this looks really Bourbon. good, so I'm gonna do this, and then I, I bring it to her, and she's like, yeah, that looks really good, but that doesn't really tell the story the way it should be told, and I'm like, God, I'm like, I knew you were gonna say that, right. but I didn't want that to be like. I didn't want you to say that, <laughs> but like I changed that. I make good, those changes, and it and it works out. That's a good team. Amazing. Yeah, it's fun. That's a, yeah. It's it so is, cool. It is fun, and, and you guys have fun, and again, you have a great relationship, and you could do that in business. Not everybody could be a business partner with their husband right. or wife. Yes, it was a requirement for me. So. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like I had these like certain. I didn't get married till I was thirty six. It is not the age I wanted to get married at. But. Why? Huh? Why? Well, because... I like to drill into the women talk. Yeah. My parents are like the epitome of what a relationship is supposed to be like. My dad passed away. What does that mean, though? What is a relationship supposed to be like? Right. I'm telling you, no. (laughs) Um, My... How do I describe this? My dad was... So your dad passed? Yes, he did. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. He he loved my mom, and he like the things that I learned from him. He would always be like, "Oh, I just don't deserve your mom." I, and I'm like, "Why? Why do you talk like this?" You know, and you know, we always had used cars growing up, but like any car we would get that was like the newest, nicest. He yeah, gave she it to got. My mom. Yeah, my dad did the same. Yeah, and he was he worked for his family. He did not grow up in a good situation growing up, in terms of like, uh, well, I don't want to get into that, but and my mom, you know. It is what it is as well. So the fact that they ended up together and he was just like one of these people, like, and he never knew a stranger. He always struck up conversations with people and he just wanted to put a, a seed of positivity in people's lives wherever he went, at the DMV, wherever he was, right? You think that's because he grew up so in a, in a shitty situation? He wanted to instill love and happiness in yeah, other people? Yeah, I mean, to get out of, like, to move himself forward in life, he joined the military and then... He saw my mom, they got married, and he just did everything for his family. Like, he was the best dad you could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. Just, he taught me what love was. And my mom, too. And they, you know, they didn't, I'm sure they had their arguments and stuff, but, like, it was, they were always very loving. Like, he was always madly in love with my mom. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a movie that you don't think really exists, but it actually does. She's probably a smoke show. Jesus. It's easy to love a gorgeous wife. Right? I mean, 100%. I think Mike's and such. I mean, but I mean he's it's been just... gazing at you all night as you speak. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they, just their relationship, and it was founded, you know, they, they were both believers as well, so they had a good foundation. And the time that I saw them grow the most is when they started um, studying together to teach at, like, a marriage resource center to, like, give back Help. to other yeah. couples. And I just saw them grow so much as they started learning together and things like that. And it was just it was just a whole thing of love, right? So like that's what I, I saw. But they worked together to she always had his back. He tried to do things to make things better. Unfortunately his health got in the way, you know, yeah. in the end. But like that's always how I viewed it. So when I thought of a marriage, I thought of you're finding that person that's gonna make you both better, right? Yeah. So push each other. Yeah. And so I, I didn't really, I always craved that. And growing up in a society 
that I did, it, you know. That we all did. Yeah. That and we it, still are. And it's especially. And it's gotten worse. Yeah, it just gets to you mentally. So. Yeah. No one's good. No one else wants that. No one else wants to drive for that. No one right. else wants to crave that. Right. That love, that friendship, that. Right. And I was, I'm always, I've always been very independent and driven. So like there's going to be some facet of the business that we're actually currently working on that I'm, this is like my, my section that I'm driving. But like, I always would find and date guys that <laughs> said they understood and respected my goals in life as well, but they didn't really when it came down to it. Right. Well, they were intimidated. Yes. So I, that's how I lived my life. And I didn't realize that that was a thing with men yeah. being so insecure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably, you know, nowadays men are probably more insecure than women. Perhaps. But yeah. then I realized, you know, I married so young, I had to wait for him to grow up before I met him. So it makes sense why I got married so late. <laughs> yeah. How old was he? 16? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On it, I don't even remember how old I was when I met you. So you got you you guys obviously do a great job as as a couple, you know, hearing that type of backstory and, and what you thrive to have and mm -hmm. you obviously have that type of guy similar to your father and Mike. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that I've been trying to bring up on the podcast. It's like, hey, if I'm gonna be up here with purpose and I have this platform, like I'm here to talk about business, I'm here to teach, but I'm here to teach like, hey, like my wife is a massive part of Fireside and WCC, most of the time she's putting my children to bed. You know, she's in there giving them dinner while I'm out here in the backyard shooting a podcast and having a drink. Like, it's a team approach. And yeah. she knows that that gets us to our end goals of what we want to do as a family, creating memories. And you guys, you guys have that. Speaking of family, I mean, do you guys plan on any children or not to put you on a spot? <laughs> We're yeah. working on it. All right. We're planning it. I yeah. like it. We're planning it. Into that end too, like when I have my stuff for for you know like the conference that I just put on, he was right by my side helping me set up. Like do like I mean he does the same thing for me that I'm doing for him. It's just it's a great know. teammate. Yeah, and that's why like I, it, this was you know probably when we first tried to get this scheduled for us to come up here. You know one of the things I I checked in with you guys on was like hey you know. Hey, if I'm coming, she's coming too. Like there's, I this, love that. there's a whole perspective that she has that is so valuable and so different than than what I can. The say. way you see it, it's just it's such a different dynamic. And you guys, and and I want to jump into a little bit of the stuff that you guys do. Right, like you're doing all different types of these high end gun shooting events. Um, you had some really cool like military movies. Uh, I shouldn't say movies, but military like videos and content speak a little bit of how you ran into that whole community man it's it's been a it's it's an interesting twist of things i think it's kind of like it's stuff that that i want to shoot and like i try to implement things into different brands that you know if if given the opportunity i'll kind of grab onto it and I'll kind of put more emphasis on adding it into some of the projects. So what you saw with that military vehicle, that was actually a boys camp. Yeah. That was actually like a boys camp from like ages eight to 14. Through 15. like the church or something. Um, so they're it was, a ministry. they're a ministry and they, they reached out to me last year and they were like, that looks sick. They were All like, right. Hey, look, we've been wanting like, we want to get somebody to come out here and film. It's this raining stuff. a little bit. How 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 are we going to get here? A little bit. Are we good? Just we a little should, bit. Yeah, just we'll a little. Just a little cloud. You want to 
her hair's looking gorgeous. I want to mess it up. <laughs> and so is Michael's. So I, I mean, who spent more time on the hair tonight? Me. Definitely Mike. <laughs> I resent that. <laughs> Yours naturally looks good. Right. <laughs> I woke up like this. But, um,. It's uh, so yeah. It was it was a ministry. They reached out to me. They were. It's actually it's a friend of mine that I actually I met through the business. Yeah. The Amway business. Um, the Newells, Gary and Timmy Newell. They they run a uh, ministry called Outreach America. Amazing org- organization yeah. for boys, young young men that they it's needed so much. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. what they do is just uh, I could not talk about what they do enough. Honestly, it's one of those things you got to watch that whole video to really get a glimpse of what they do. And, and what they're doing with these young young boys and turning them into men, um, and so they bring stuff in like the the SWAT team. They will they will rent they will tell one of the uh, one of the officers to bring in this bear cat, and they'll like I mean just some of the things that they bring into this to this camp is just awesome. amazing. Yeah. And so like it's just cool to get some of these opportunities to film this stuff, and it's just when I get the opportunity to see this stuff, I just I I'm like let's go like. Let's make this as cool as we can possibly do it. So, like, it's just little things like that. Um, You're incorporating what you believe in, your values, your morals, oh, yeah. right. into your business. And I, I feel that off the both of you. We're, we're going to do some cool shit together. I, the vision of where I'm going, I told you guys a little bit of the business of being the good shark mm-hmm. and, and where I want to take this whole fireside America. But uh, men need help, you know. They do. You know, uh, you see the suicide rate in men. Um, the suicide rate, and, you know, unfortunately, young men mm-hmm. is continuing to rise, and uh, we need tough men to stand up and and do hard things that don't maybe necessarily immediately benefit their pocket. And it sounds like that organization is doing it, and you were able to together as a team shine some really good light on that because that video is sick. Like, I actually don't think that your social media does enough and says enough about what you guys do. That's good feedback. Thank you. Yeah, That's in my feedback. opinion, like I really believe that you need to be in the wild. It needs to be Mike in the wild and Liz in the wild and the cameras get put on you guys yeah. and about what you're about and put more light on it. You know, I got on a live today with Ryan Bacher. Ryan Bacher's the Limitless Society CEO. Um, he does a shit ton with child sex trafficking, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys go put their life on the line in yeah. Haiti and other crazy shit. Um, you know, middle class white, rich Americans are the largest buyers of sex trafficking. And, uh, you know, Ryan, you know, he, he jokes about it. Like, I guess I'm a perfect pedophile. You know, pedophile. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it's a rich middle, yeah. you know, middle-aged male. And, uh, you know, he, he shined a light on that for four years. He was underground doing yep. these types of things. And I think if you turned the camera around or someone turned the camera around on YouTube, and what you're about, your brand will blow up that much bigger and you'll be able to live that life of purpose you want. That is something that we've been discussing recently. So confirmation by you saying that is just good. Yeah, just just my it's cool. I mean, and that's even a part of uh, that's a part of what Outreach America does do. They just yeah. they, we can't we don't advertise it as much or they, they don't try to advertise well, I'm saying it. you could do it across many boards. Oh, we absolutely. We can go to a men's group. We're going to throw a men's retreat here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do it right at the beach. We're going to do it at the shore. We might do it even this, this August. Like, I'm on such a mission to change the world and I know yes. all these insecurities and all these things I had and all these problems I had and all the goodness I had. Yep. And the right people who were the goodness and the right people that keep falling into my life like you two. Again, rewinding back to earlier when we were sipping on our, our first drink of the night, 
you kind of said like, hey, big hitters, like, like I love all these guys. I love Keaton. I love Rob Bailey, and I love all these people. But like, you're my people. Like, you had enough in your heart to say, hey, this guy Ryan, maybe he's a little edgy on social media at times, or he'll throw a crossword out. Like, he's a good dude. We want to go on his show. You know, there's there's a connection there, and I yeah. I think that's important. Absolutely, I really do. So rounding this out, I like to talk a lot about giving back to young business owners. And I ask a couple questions here at the end every single time. So my first question is, if you were to talk to a young lady or male that was going into business ownership, entrepreneurship, whatever it may be, it doesn't have to be in your world, what's one thing that you would tell them? And, and both of you would like to give me something. Mm -hmm. I would say you are where you're at now. You're you're more ready than you think you are. That I think a lot of people sit there and go, "I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have, you know, the." For me, it was I don't have the gear. I don't have the. There's so many things that I'm lacking. I, we constantly think about what we don't have versus what we do have. Our skill sets. You're 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 ready where you are. Do you Start. journal that? Do you, do you wake up and write what you're grateful for? That's something I've been trying to practice doing. <laughs> I think uh, I think being being grateful, being thankful for for what you have and where you are. I think that a, a sense of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, is is one of the biggest things. Yeah. Is every single day I try to make sure that I am I am thankful for where I'm at and what what we have. I'm going to speed you guys up because yeah. it yep. seems like this yep. rain's yep. getting yeah. harder. 100. Go for <laughs> it. Give, give us yours. Uh, I would just say that whatever you're doing, it doesn't have to be directly related to your purpose, but it has to be able to enable you to fulfill your purpose. Otherwise, it's going to be an empty. At avenue. some point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's what this all fell into. Yeah. Second thing, give us some online people, gurus, other people you want to talk about. Give a shout out to real quick before the. The heavens open up on us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, man, I'm so bad on the, off the fly. Um, uh, for people in my industry, I started off with Peter McKinnon. I started off with Chris Howe. There's so many people on YouTube that, like, everything that I've learned is from has been from YouTube. So many good guys, so many good people that you can learn through. There's some courses that you can I hate take, and love YouTube. I know, I know. It's, it's a love-hate relationship, but I'm constantly on it. So, like, just was, don't be scared to research. Give us some of yours before you mess up your beautiful hair. I'm going to say the the one shout out that I'll give to people, which is faith based. If you're if you're wanting to get into something like that, is Pastor Robert Morris with Gateway Church in Texas. He's real. Pastor no Morris, yeah. shout out. For, listen, I love you guys. Let's go underneath the hood before we get anywhere <laughs> wet, and we'll get some pictures after. It's a good way to end the night right here. <laughs>